0: Coming up on the Money Beat podcast, Federal Reserve Chairwoman Janet Yellen was down in Philadelphia. She talked about interest rates. She talked about the economy. Did she tell us what the Federal Reserve is going to do about interest rates in the economy? We will break it down next.
1: This is Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser.
0: Janet Yellen is personally optimistic about the economy's prospects, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she is going to force the Fed to start raising interest, not start, but get the Fed to raise interest rates next week when they meet. Welcome to the Money Beat Podcast. Paul Venia, Stephen Grocer in the studio, joined today by our friend and colleague, Ben Ison and our dear, dear friend, Spencer Jacob. Spencer, I think I, I annoyed the herd people a little bit when I said uh, you wanted to come on a podcast that people listen to.
2: I, I think they didn't like, that. yeah. That's they didn't you know like that's that. a low blow.
0: It was a low blow. People do listen to the herd on the Street they do. podcast it's, it's, uh, as well. Yeah, it's a good podcast. As ours should, If you don't listen occasion, to it and you're listening to this, sometimes. you should
2: you should check it out. It's yeah. But listen to, if good. you can
0: only listen to one, listen to this one.
2: Well, I'm not gonna, you know, get drawn into this, you know, let's we should just talk about markets, un- like and markets, you know, where we all yeah, agree on everything.
0: Let's talk about something like uh, Janet Yellen in Philadelphia giving a speech on the economy, and this was seen as th- – this was not a major speech – but it was a major speech in terms of what is the Fed going to do? They have a meeting next week. How do they see the markets right now? You had this terrible jobs report on Friday. What does that mean about the economy? What does it mean about Fed policy? So
3: it was seen as sort of a big speech in terms of that. I also think it, 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 you know, it's interesting. This was a speech that was put on the calendar late. It was put on in mid-May, and it come, came, you know, three days after the jobs report, the, you know, the May jobs report, in less than, you know a week. Um, ahead of or a little over a week ahead of the Fed meeting, the FOMC meeting, and so I think the timing—you know, two weeks ago, everyone's looking at this at this speech as sort of setting. You know, is the Fed going to raise in June? Is the Fed going to raise in July? Janet Yellen was going to sort of let the market know, and then we had Friday, and that right. that upended everything. Yeah. So
0: uh we all listened to the speech. We live blogged it. You can go on the Money Beat blog if you want to see our recap of it there. Did did we learn anything today, people?
2: You know, it was I, I thought it was a little master of the obvious in terms of and these things usually are. But of yeah. course people are always reading between the lines, you know. Like Steve said, it was a really important speech because it's the big cheese. It's not uh, some president or right. uh, or governor. it's uh, Or it's non-voting Yellen.
0: member of the FOMC this exactly. year. Yeah. It's
2: it's Yellen herself speaking at a really pivotal time, a time that's more pivotal than we realized it would be before last Friday. Right. Because now it really is, well, I mean, I don't know, maybe it would have been perhaps more pivotal, I guess, because we were sort of 50-50 going into it until Friday. Now the, the betting is very much against anything happening next week and perhaps something happening in July. But- people you know want to see what she thinks about that whether she's spooked at all Right. And she didn't right. sound spooked uh, at all, no. so yeah. that that was interesting.
1: And, no, I think, I- and I think if you look at the the market reaction that we saw, there really wasn't all that much of it. And I think that pretty much confirmed that she was really just saying what what uh, what people thought was going to happen. Um, and you know, I think actually if you if you look back at a uh, uh, Federal Reserve uh, Governor Brainerd's speech on Friday, I think that was the one that kind of may have been a bit more may, may have set set everyone up for this a little bit. And and if there was a surprise to be had, maybe it came there, but perhaps was a bit overlooked she took a very cautious, cautious cautious approach on on lifting interest rates she talked about a lot of downside risks to inflation which uh, really didn't uh, um, you know I, I think that, that that was something that people hadn't really been focusing on and she kind of brought that back to the forefront no I thought it was I thought it
3: was interesting because in the, in the weeks leading up to this you had fed officials sort of you know doing their best to convince the market that the economy was in a, you know, was in a good place. It was growing, and that you know the Fed could move forward with raising rates sooner rather than later, whether that was June or July. And then you know the jobs report came out on Friday, and all of a sudden that tone, you know, uh, was thrown into question. Um, and Jenny Yellen was not really heard from other than that, you know, quick Q&A up in Harvard a week beforehand had not been heard mm-hmm. through that p- same period. It was assumed that if all these Fed speakers were going to, you know, were saying that, like, we're ready to raise rates, that she was in agreement with them. But we didn't know that. And it was I thought it was interesting today that she – you know, it, this the jobs report put the Fed in this awkward position of like, how could you possibly be saying the economy's in this really great place and then have a number like that? Or At
0: least in a better place. In a better, better place. place. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: in a better place. Right. It's it was growing. It's right, in a better right, place right. than it was in the first quarter. Right. You're right there. The, the,
0: the thing I thought was really interesting about this speech today, and there was really the market reaction to it while it was going on, because we were all looking at the the markets to try. You know, you look at the index to try to gauge the report's impact. And you could see, for at least the first half an hour that she was speaking, the markets were basically immobile. I mean, they hardly budged. The Dow was up 100 points when she started speaking, went up to about 112, came back to 100. Down to you know ninety, maybe in the eighties for a minute, then back to. I mean, it was almost yeah. like.
2: And, and, and you know why? Because Friday, I think, took a lot of the uncertainty out of it. I think yeah. now you know that people are saying, well, June appears to be off the table. That's what the betting is. Whereas if if you if Friday had been in line or or pretty good then you would have been 50-50 and the market would have been really well, I, swinging back and forth I based mean, my, on, my take on the nuances away, of what she said.
0: My takeaway was, was, was just that, that the nuances were so broad and so much on both sides that people couldn't actually get a, a handle on which way she was leaning in that speech for a long time. And I think you, you still really – she I thought it was a very good speech in that she really did not – Betray what she was really thinking.
3: Well, no, that's. A, I mean, she thread the needle really well. Exactly. She, right. she basically was able for everything she said that was like, "Oh, this is, looks bad for the economy." She had another point that was like, "This is good for the economy." So she, she, you know, she was able to sort of, you know, make a case for the economy not being in a bad place, while also removing. You know, uh, raising rates in the coming months. The coming months part would like disappeared from her comments, and I think that's sort of interesting. Like that, that timetable was gone. Right. Let's.
0: That that is interesting. Let's. But we have to take a break. So let's take a break. Ben, you'll get the first comment because I know you just started. I got you there. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back on the other side of this message.
1: I'm Veronica Dagger, and I want to retire rich. How about you? Then listen to the Watching Your Wealth podcast. We'll help you get there. For more information, check us out at wsj.com podcast podcasts and find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show.
0: Welcome back to the Money Bee Podcast. Paul and Stephen here, Ben Eisen and Spencer Jacob. And, and hey, listen, folks, if you want more great podcasts like Heard on the Street, Jason Gays Free for All, uh, Your Money Matters and all kinds of stuff, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts. And also become a subscriber. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We are also on the Google Play Music app for your Android device. We are speaking about Janet Yellen. She spoke today, gave a speech in Philadelphia. And we just started talking a bit, uh, uh, Grosser raised the very interesting point about the time frame for uh, the future Rate hikes and and what she did in this speech is to kind of pull back a little bit on that. And then Ben, I cut you off. We had to take a break there, so I'm gonna let you get the first word in here.
1: That's uh, quite all right. I, I you know one thing I was uh, gonna mention just in terms of what Grocer had said. Um, you know for in terms of trying to get something positive in for every negative thing she had in there um she ended up saying things where some of them were kind of at odds with what she said in the past um take oil prices for example she was really talking about the benefits of low oil prices and she had some stat something like something to the effect of she had put $1000 in the pockets of of, of every american um or, or something to that effect and uh it's as, as very much in contrast to what she said in the past about the impact of low oil prices on the economy. Um, you know, I don't know that it necessarily contradicted because low oil prices have a dual effect on – on, on um, you know, different parts of the economy, but it, but it was interesting to see how she kind of flipped uh, flipped the script a little bit in that effort. Yeah, I think with,
2: with oil specifically, I mean, in the past, she used the word transitory, you know, the having, so she was talking about the impact on, on inflation of commodities and oil specifically, right, and saying that they're not going to really put a lot of, uh, pay a lot of attention. That's why they look at, at core PCE, right? They don't look, they strip out food and energy because they don't, because it was such a big decline that they're not you know, and then it's going to have a, a corresponding rise one day. We're already up you know, uh, almost 100 percent from the bottom in, in oil. So it's going to start to, uh, to feed through year on year. Pretty soon will be uh, will be higher in crude unless something bad happens. But what she's talking about is the, the sort of you know, the bonus. It's like a tax rebate almost that, uh, that, that people get for saving so much money on gasoline and, and heating oil and stuff like that. And uh, that's been, you know, that's a bit strange because people haven't really spent it. No, right. And and there have been a number of sort of reports out saying that, like, the benefits
3: of it have already sort of been felt, have worked its way through the economy. I want to get back, though, to the timing because, you know, June, I think we can all agree, is off the table. July, the bar is very high, I think, for July at this point. Um, June's jobs report needs to be, you know, really strong. Um but then when when do they raise? I mean because because you look at it is you start getting into Septembers the next time, and we're talking the election season, and the Fed has historically you know shied away from raising rates during an election season mm-hmm. because it doesn't want to be seen right, as political
0: right. you know and 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 maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I've been thinking about this speech for for a while since she she delivered it, and I know. You know, trying to, to discern what Fed officials really mean when they speak is, is it's a mugs game. But the more I think about this speech, I actually think she may have betrayed something. And, th- again, this is totally trying to arrange the tea leaves in a way. When she started making comments about, I personally am optimistic, I, I personally think the economy is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Here's – you have this on the one hand that looks good, this on the other hand that looks bad. And she went through a bunch of – and she said, but I'm personally optimistic I really just wonder if a little bit of that was her projecting what she wants and what she wants people to think more than what she actually thinks. And when you talk, Grosser, about her cutting out that statement about the coming months and when the Fed is going to raise rates next, I now think that the Fed fundamentally realizes that this year is going to be much, much weaker than they thought it was six months ago, and that rate hikes – and I'm guessing now, but I think if you get one more rate hike at the end of the year, that's going to be a lot. But I think you're right. I think you you, you get. I think July is off the table. Then you get into the fall. You have the election. It's going to be crazy and hectic that election. I, I think they're off the table till till December. I really do, and I think yeah. part of that is the macroeconomics, but part of it is the economy. And I think once again, the economy is weaker
2: than the Fed thought, and everyone really thought it was going to be. And when when have you had that? I mean, I can't you know look back at the history. Obviously, it's not always been the the same rate that they've been affecting. But you look at tightening cycles; you've never had a year go by between the first right. and the second. Right. You've I, never been to zero either. So no, I mean, I mean you're obviously, you're already in an uncharted territory. But that's a highly unusual. You you can't even really call it a tightening cycle, even though the, the next one may be up rather than down. Right. You know, it's, it's completely unorthodox, you know, and, and oh, they're, you know, they're really it's walking right. on edge. Every shows, meeting. You know. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, like,
3: right. that's the typical. The, the,
0: the classic one when Greenspan was running things was 25 basis points every meeting. You knew it was coming, and, and they did it. And it, was it, a, it looked like
1: a perfect staircase that they were building. Right. I mean, I think what's different here is that you're in an economy that is not um, – you know, no one would say that this is this economy is humming along per se I think when you get strong jobs numbers that tends to mask some of the underlyings but then when jobs report falters it's 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 really you kind of start to see some of the, the ugliness underneath which is you know we're in a world with very little inflation and uh, GDP growth is not very strong and 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 once you don't have 200k a year 200k a month jobs uh, being created what do you have?
2: Right. On the other hand, you have 4.7% unemployment, which is extremely low historically. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, you know, it's the, the standard error in any single jobs report. I know you had ne- negative revisions, so that was the the other bad part of it. But, I mean, you know, the, the, you kind of are loath to, to read too much into one report, and that's all they're going to get. I mean, you've had 18 months of almost uninterrupted strong jobs reports, you know, and you have one shocker right before they are supposed um, to raise I mean, um, it. It's, it's almost like, you know, you sort of, what, what, what do you need to, but, everything but that, to be perfect? that I mean, headline
0: number has been coming down for months in a row consecutively. I mean, well, no, it, it, it well, broke under 200, and then we said, okay, well, it's not 200 anymore. It has been coming down every single month.
3: I, I Listen, I don't disagree with you that it's been coming down. I'm just, and, I'm just and, saying, and I'm it's, saying it's not I mean, just I mean, one this month. Is, this is the argument that we, like, you know, and I, and I agree with Spencer here. It should be coming down. I mean, like that's just the reality. As you get closer and closer to full employment, it should be coming down. We shouldn't be constantly adding two hundred thousand, you know, jobs.
0: Yes, two things about that. One, does this really look like an economy that's actually at full employment? I think everyone knows that four point seven percent number is not what it used to be. Mm -hmm. Two, okay, the number should be coming down, but the number thirty eight thousand does not is, is not still not good. I mean it's not like oh okay we have full, we're at full employment 38,000 is okay. We know we're not really at full employment. No, we know that there are what it's like 97 million not working. No, a lot of those but, retirees but, but, but this, but this there is
3: but are the reasons for it, but I don't I don't want to necessarily take the full on, you know, bull case on No, uh, no, I know. The, the report was a bad report. There, right. there was very little to see that was good. However, what I, you know, would say is, you know, you had the Verizon strike. If you get any revisions up, you're, you're you might be close to that actual 100,000 that Jen- Yellen was talking about in December of what the company, what the economy needs to, you know, take in the 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 extra work, the replacement rate, yeah,
2: yeah. But I mean, and and then Uh, uh, the new workers coming uh, into the work, you know, and this is such a cliche now, the new normal. But I mean, it's really, I mean, we're in a, a probably what's in the long run, a slower growth economy. You can't compare this recovery to past recoveries. And that's what everyone's trying to do. Right. So, well, in past recoveries, we had this, and this many people come back. To the, you know, it, it's, things are different. Demographically, they're different. And, you know, it's not just because you had the financial crisis. It's just where, you know, we Globally, sort of, you know. We, right, right.
3: I mean, I think, I think the, the, one of the big changes is just how everything is interconnected, um, you know, around the world now. And how, you know, actions by the Fed, you know, the Fed really does have to take into account, you know, the financial markets overseas today.
0: Right, And and this is why you end up with an economy, with a a central bank that, that starts a tightening cycle that includes a 25 basis point rate hike in December and may not include another one for a half a year or 10, already half a year, you know, 10 months or so. Uh, anyhow, we are going to wrap it up there because we could keep going all day, but we know you—you you good people at home—you have more important things to do than just listen to us prattle on. So we will let you go. Stephen Grosser, Paul Vinia, Ben Ison, Spencer Jacob, thank you very much, and we will catch up with you again very soon.